بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دروس respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home one of the most important message given to this ummah from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the message of freedom of speech and freedom of religion in Islam freedom of speech, freedom of religion was something that was well understood by all the companions and especially the Khulafai Rashidin Abu Bakr Siddiq, Umar Farooq, Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, Ali radiallahu ta'ala an the Khulafa understood the definition of freedom of speech and freedom of religion freedom of speech, freedom of religion in Islam is not the uncensored freedom of speech freedom of religion that we witness in the western societies, the democracies that we live in unfortunately today a man can swear at anyone on the streets and that's freedom of speech he could blaspheme, he could slander someone he could accuse someone, he could swear at someone he could abuse someone, he could lie and all the vices that are out there, character assassinations make a mockery out of a person and he might just say to you, look freedom of speech, it's just a joke subhanallah now when this kind of uncensored freedom of speech uh, is understood by the community, the communities that we live in then one will only witness enmity and hatred flushing in the different communities we need to study the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to understand the true meaning of what is freedom of speech and what is freedom of religion in an Islamic state an individual will have all the right to air his opinion, to express his opinion in an Islamic state, an individual will have the full freedom to choose his religion. There is no compulsion, not to the slightest. Subhanallah. When we study the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of 
freedom of speech in different different terms Allah says qawlul haqq freedom of speech means to speak the truth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned kalimatu tayyiba in the Quran that good words that come out from you that is freedom of speech Allah has mentioned amr bil ma'ruf that you enjoying something that is good and forbid that which is evil these are all the different terms in the Quran which translate the word freedom of speech or hurriyatul qawl in the Arabic language when we study the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it very very clear that as human beings we are limited in everything the eyesight is limited vision is limited limited hearing is limited your speech is limited the body needs to relax in the night the body needs rest person goes to sleep everything about the human body is limited so when everything is limited freedom of speech is also limited you can't have uncensored freedom of speech you can't allow the tongue to speak what it wants that is why hazrat nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said man samata naja the one who knows how to control the tongue indeed that man is of great honor salvation is for that person who remains quiet in the seer of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is mentioned rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam would remain silent for long hours no words would come out from the auspicious mouth of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam let us understand the definition of freedom of speech to express your opinion without humiliating that person in front of you that is freedom of speech allah has mentioned in surah al-hujurat ya ayyuhallazina amanu la yaskhar qawmun min qawmin asa an yakunu khayran minhum O you who believe in Allah make sure that one group of men one group of people should not mock another group of people or one group of people should not scoff another group of people possibly the latter group is better in the sight of Allah than the former Allah says wala nisaa'un min nisaa'in asa an yakunna khayran minhun and a group of ladies should not scoff another group of ladies possibly the latter group of ladies might be better in the sight of Allah than the former wala talmizu wala talmizu wala talmizu bi anfusikum and do not defame one another Subhanallah these are etiquettes of freedom of speech how to take control of your tongue do not defame one another wala tanabazu bil alqab and don't insult one another with nicknames oh you see that that fellow over there that, that fat man there that skinny man there that that person there that person there la hawla wala quwwata illa billahi alali alazim allah is saying wala tanabazu bil alqab don't insult anyone even with your nicknames subhanallah and that is why only choose the most beautiful names 
حضرت عائشہ رضی اللہ تعالی عنہ رسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم would often remember her by the name Humaira Humaira means someone who's very red and beautiful in complexion and this is the love that Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam had for his wives Ya Humaira and other names or Ya Aish in some of the ahadith but certainly nicknames that might hurt the feelings of that person is totally unaccepted in Islam Allah says بِئِسَ الْإِسْمُ الْفُسُوكُ بَعْدَ الْإِيمَانِ what an insult it is that after acquiring Iman, you insult your fellow human being. And if you don't repent, then surely you are the wrongdoer in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are important etiquettes. These are etiquettes which are not taught in the universities today. Which are not taught in the secondary schools today. No one knows about these beautiful morals. This only comes when you study the biography, the teachings of Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The complete protection of honor. In an Islamic state, if you want to speak, you can speak. Your opinion, you are entitled to your opinion. But make sure you don't defame anyone. You don't humiliate anyone. You don't do what the Sun newspaper does gossips, bogus information here from here, here from there add, subtract, add, subtract, divide, add, subtract and subhanallah target one community and put them down this is not in Islam talk about freedom of speech Khulafai Rashidin who better than Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an in his time of Khilafat stood up in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it was packed with believers. And he said to them, if you see Umar being crooked, what will you do to him? If you see Umar being crooked, what will you do to him? And one Bedouin stood up with his sword. And he said, Ya Umar, I will straighten you with my sword. So what did Hazrat Umar Farooq do? Did he call the guards, his private police that looked, Keep an eye on that person, monitor him, he could be a terrorist. Here he is, he, he might be an assassin. Did he do that? Can you imagine any prime minister, any head of state today, questioning the audience, if you see me going wrong, what will you do? And when this Bedouin stood up and he said, Omar, freedom of speech in Islam. A lot of our youth feel that, oh, Islam restricts you, you know. You're, a, uh, you're isolated, you're a monk, and you can't do nothing, you, there's no enjoyment in Islam. Allahu Akbar, no. Look at the classical scholars, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, all sitting together. But when it came to Masail, they would defer. And they would talk. And this is just in Islam, in the Islamic sphere. And Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and smiled at him and he says, Alhamdulillah, yeah. I am proud that in the Ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we have such courageous men that are going to straighten Umar with the sword. Mm. Allah freedom of speech. Yes, you don't humiliate anyone. Otherwise, everything is given to you. 
you have a choice. Subhanallah Once Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an decided that the dowry was too much. The men had to pay too much. And so he wanted to decrease the amount to a fixed level. And one of the ladies passing by heard what Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an was saying. And she came in the masjid and she said, Amirul Mu'mineen, is it true what I have heard? What right have you got to decrease the amount of dowry given to women when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put no limit to dowry? And what a learned woman she was. Our women today won't even know the fourth kalima. No offense, they might do that. Eh? Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, they know more than the men folks. And she read the verses of the Quran. Allah has said that how can you take away anything from them what you have given them? And the word for dowry is qintar. And qintar in the Arabic language means unlimited amount of gold coins. Unlimited amount of gold coins. Dinar. Dinar is gold coins. Subhanallah. Head of state, Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an. Look at the humility that he had in him. And he stood up in front of the people and he said, O believers, the woman is right and Umar is wrong. Allahu Akbar. These were great leaders. Never shy to speak out. Even a woman had the choice, the freedom of expression, the freedom of speech for a woman to come in front of Umar Farooq and to say, and Hazrat Umar Farooq said, the lady is right and Umar is wrong. Subhanallah. In Islam, freedom of speech means full security of your privacy. No one is allowed to peep. Nobody can just peep through uh, the windows to see what is happening. And that is why there are etiquettes and adab when you go and knock on the door, knock three times, and if there's no answer, uh, go back. Uh, and take no offense, even if you feel that there is someone there. These are adab. No eardropping, no peeping, no spying, no infiltration. These are freedom given in, in the sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in Surah Al-Hujurat. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu ijtanibu kathiran min az-zan. O you who believe, avoid, avoid much of your suspicion. Inna ba'da zanni ithm. Verily, from what you doubt, some are nothing but pure sins. What you doubt, baitum shakkareo, you have no proof, you have no concrete proof. So don't even doubt. وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا And don't spy. وَلَا يَكْتَبْ بَعْدُكُمْ بَعْضًا And don't speak behind someone's back. Give it. Don't backbite. وَلَا يَكْتَبْ بَعْدُكُمْ بَعْضًا These are the etiquettes. These are the limitations that the Sharia has enforced in understanding what is meant by freedom of speech. Subhanallah. So in an Islamic state, in an Islamic country, Allahu Akbar, full security is given. His honor is protected, properties are protected, privacy is protected. Even 
the media and news, newspapers and magazines that are printed have to make sure that any information that they print is nothing but the truth. Concrete evidence is there. And it is only printed for the sake of Allah, but not to defame anyone. This is mentioned in the Quran. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu in ja'akum fasiqun binaba'in And if a fasiq comes to you with some information, فَتَبَيَّنُوا Verify it. أَن تُصِيبُوا قَوْمًا بِجَهَالَةٍ فَتُصْبِهُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ نَادِمِينَ Less that you attack someone, and then out of ignorance you attack someone, you slander someone, and then at the end you are ashamed of yourself of what you have done. So Allah is saying, فَتَبَيَّنُوا Make sure that you verify. These are etiquettes, these are adab. Unfortunately today, the law itself is not clear of what it means when it talks about freedom of speech or freedom of religion. Who's heard of Ayatul Kursi? Everyone? Ayatul Kursi ka naam The king pin verse of the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah. Straight after Ayatul Kursi, Allah reveals, La ikraha fi deen there is no compulsion in deen. There is no compulsion in religion. Verily, the true path has become distinguished from that which is wrong. It is clear. Haq and batil is clear. La ikraha deen. There is no force, no compulsion. And I only can laugh when, when we hear about the sword that forced people towards Islam. If you study Islamic history and if you study the history of Hind, Ajmer, we were just talking about Ajmer today when Ibrahim Bai went to Ajmer, where this great saint, Khaja Mu'iduddin Chishti Rahmatullah Ali is resting. He settled in this locality, this area known as Ajmer. If you study that area of Ajmer, Ajmer belonged to the Rajput tribe. Staunch Hindus, staunch, staunch, strong in their religion. Rajput Hindus, very powerful people. The elite from all the caste system that they have, the Rajput people. These were supposed to be brave soldiers of their time, fighters, warriors. And Hazrat Ajmeri Rahmatullah Ali, decided to make his residence in Ajmer. These were the Muslims. Which sword did Khaja Ajmeri take with him in India? Which sword? The sword of good character. The sword of good character. Discipline. That was understood by studying the ahadith and the teachings of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His good character of the Shaykh himself and his followers made such a great impact in that entire region of Ajmer that not only in Ajmer but in and around India, in their millions, 
accepted iman at the hands of Khaja Mu'aiduddin Chishti Rahmatullah. Subhanallah. And this is a fact. No one can reject this. We talk about our Bangladeshi brothers and the Muslims that are there, the region of Bengal. Alhamdulillah, credit goes all the way back to the companions. But recently when we study Islam, you will find that a lot of credit goes to Maulana Karamat Ali John Puri Rahmatullah Ali. Maulana Karamat Ali John Puri came in that region of Bengal, which sword, the sword of good character. He stayed there in that region, and that entire region of Bengal all embraced Islam on his hands. And I have said this to you many, many times. Which army went to Malaysia? Siraj? Siraj often goes now to Indonesia, I'm worried. Which army went to Indonesia? Which army went to the many parts of Africa? Which army? Subhanallah Razim. This is good character. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this beautiful opportunity that we are in this country. And let us work hard by good character so that it has an effect in our surroundings in the area and the region that we live in. La ikraha fi deen, there is no compulsion. Islam is a religion of peace. Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala had a slave whose name was Astik. Astik was a Christian slave. Once Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala said to Astik, Astik sit with me, I want to talk to you, something very important. And said to him that you serve me, I am your master. Why don't you become a Muslim? Why don't you become a Muslim? Study the Quran, I will teach you the Sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This comes from the head of state, Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala. Talking to Astik, why don't you become a Christian? Astik said to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala that I am a Christian and I want to remain on Christianity. Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala did not apply any form of pressure to the slightest. On the contrary, it is said Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala touched him on the shoulders and said to him, okay, Astik, it is true Allah has mentioned in the Quran, la ikraha fi deen, there is no compulsion in Islam. Allahu Akbar. It is said that before the demise of Hazrat Umar Farooq, Hazrat Umar Farooq freed that Christian slave free of charge. Freed him, a Christian slave. This is Islamic history. Such was the character of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, my respected brothers, that even the Jewish community were affected. And it was as if though they were forced to come in the gathering of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine the beautiful face of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today when we see something beautiful, a good scene, scenery, and we say, MashaAllah, MashaAllah, how beautiful it is. 
the full moon we say MashaAllah Alhamdulillah the Qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something more beautiful than the full moon was the face of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa they were compelled they were forced it was as if someone was pushing them Abdullah bin Salam said when I saw his face I turned a Muslim there and then there and then one young boy a Jewish boy who became very close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He would frequent the gathering of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Many a times Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would see him and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would make sure that this young boy, Jewish boy, is sitting close to Rasulullah. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would whisper to him and would say to him, Kulla ilaha illallah. Say there is no God but Allah Muhammad Rasulullah And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam Is the messenger of Allah And there was freedom of speech in Islam That this boy had the power, the courage To say no, completely no To Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam He would say la I can't become a Muslim I am a Jew I believe in the Torah Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say As you wish, as you wish, as you wish No compulsion, as you wish Which sword my respected brothers? Let us talk about freedom of speech which is in Islam Which gives you protection And it is said when this child one day this youth got very ill Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to visit him And his father was a rabbi Again Huzur alayhi salatu was salams standing and the awe and the personality was such. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam looked at that young boy and said to him, I come to visit you. But I say to you, Kulla ilaha illallah. Say there is no God but Allah. And now the young boy looks at the father who was a rabbi and the father says to him, Do as Muhammad commands you, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he uttered the kalima, the declaration of faith. And after uttering the kalima, he passed away. Allahu But there has never ever been any form of compulsion, my respected brothers and elders. Allahu Akbar. That is why we see Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, when the Muslims conquered Baytul Maqdis, the, the bishop said to Hazrat Umar that it is time for your salah. Why do you want to perform your salah outside the church? Come and perform salah in the church. According to one tradition, Hazrat Umar Farooq performed his salah in the church. And after performing salah in the church, he realized and he said to the bishop, I fear that because Umar Farooq has performed salah in this church, later on the Muslims might want to convert this building into a masjid. So let me write for you a letter. That this building should remain a church at all times. Allahu Akbar. And in one tradition it is said, Hazrat Umar Farooq did not perform salah. And he said to the bishop that the reason I'm not praying salah in this church is that I don't want the, the Muslims to take this building as, uh, as a masjid. That is why during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, Rahmatullah alayhi, Marwan had built a masjid in one particular location and 
one portion of that land, land belonged to the Christians. The masjid was built. People, were, people feared Marwan. But after Marwan, when Umar bin Abdul Aziz came to power, the Christian community lodged a complaint to Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz saying that a masjid has been built on Christian land. This land belongs to the Christian community. Which is not right. We did not give permission. Now what would we do? These are non-Muslim citizens, protected citizens, complaining to Umar bin Abdul Aziz that the masjid has been built, but that masjid has been built illegally. Without our permission, this land belongs to us. Hazrat talk of the justice system in Islam. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz passed a decision and he said, that immediately that portion of the masjid must become shaheed. That portion of the masjid must become shaheed. It must come down. Demolish that section. It is not jais for the believers to build a masjid in a land without the permission of the owner. Yes, if the Christian community allow the Muslims to buy that portion of land, it would be fine. But otherwise, Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz gave permission, my respected brothers, that that portion of the masjid must become shaheed. Subhanallah. Freedom of speech, freedom of privacy, your honor, no compulsion uh, in Islam. Such were the etiquettes of the companions. Umar bin Abdul Aziz, uh, Umar uh, bin uh, Abdullah bin Umar, the son of Umar radiallahu ta'ala and had Jewish neighbors. It is said that whenever food was cooked in the house of Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala he would first present that food to the neighbors who were Jews. And would say to, to, to the Jewish community that this is special food that has been cooked. I want you to eat it first. This was the akhlaq of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we need to understand this, my respected brothers. Today, unfortunately, we, we haven't even understood what is jihad. Jihad is not holy war. In fact, in the Quran, jihad has never been translated as war or fighting to wage a war. There are specific terms in the Quran. War in the Quran, the only word that has been used is qital. Fighting means qital, harb means war. And there are stringent laws of jihad. One can't just stand up and declare jihad or fighting for someone. Chalo ji jihad ho jaye. Permission was given to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for jihad or to, to wage a war. I use the term jihad because that is what uh, nowadays, that is the term that is used. The ayat karima that I have in front of me, is the first verse revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That gives permission to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take up arms and to fight. 
And reasons are given. Allah is saying, بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا Why? Because the Muslims have been oppressed. You have an oppressive regime. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ نَصْرِهِمْ لَقَدِيرٌ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ And Allah is saying that because the Muslims have been expelled from their dwellings unjustly, without any cause. The only reason that they said, our Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Scholars have mentioned that there are three categories of people or a community where a mufti will give fatwa whether jihad is lawful or not. The first type of people are the muharibeen. Muharibeen. Muharibeen are uh, those people that don't allow any other religion to be practiced except for their religion. Like communism. In China, Muslims were not allowed to practice Islam. Or even the Qurayshi people during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They did not allow the Muslims to practice Islam. In fact, they were persecuted, executed, if anyone found out that they were Muslims. So the Muharibin, the example, the first example that comes to mind are the Muharibin, that class of people. These, are, these were the Qurayshi people during the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the city of Mecca. Are you listening, brothers? Sotonege? First category, Muharibin. The second category of people are the Ahlu Zimma. Now the Ahlu Zimma are non-Muslim citizens living in a Muslim country. They are protected citizens. They are protected citizens. They will enjoy all the privileges that a Muslim enjoys. To such an extent that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Subhanallah, hear the words respected brothers, Dima'uhum ka dima'ina, their blood is like our blood. Who is saying? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, that the non-Muslims living in a Muslim country are protected to such an extent that their blood is like the blood of a Muslim. Amwaluhum ka amwalina. Their wealth is like our wealth. You can't just free someone's assets. Today, your, whatever you have in your bank, it's not yours generally. You put everything inside. You see my balance, this is my balance. Allahu Akbar. There's no guarantee that you will have that amount. In Sharia, a non-Muslim has every right to everything that he has earned. The Muslim state cannot take a penny from him. His wealth is like our wealth. These are the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That their honor is like our honor. Completely protected citizens. They will enjoy all the privileges. In fact, the fuqaha have mentioned people like sahib hidayah sahib hidayah and they, they have gone as far as saying that if in their religion alcohol is permitted and the consumption of pork is lawful, then even in a Muslim country they will have the freedom to drink alcohol and to eat pork, but not freely in their own locality. 
in their own locality, in their community, they can eat what they want and drink what they want. Of course, they have to respect the law of the country. This is the freedom that Islam has given my respected brothers. Fuqaha have mentioned, and this, this is written by Muslim jurists, that Al-Khamru lahum lana Alcohol for the non-Muslims in an Islamic state is like vinegar for the Muslims. Vinegar for the Muslims. Vinegar is halal for us. So it is halal for them, alcohol. Something that is okay for them in their religion, the Muslims have no power to enforce on them and to say, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. No. If they worship something that is batil, then what is alcohol? If they have the freedom to worship something which is batil, then what is alcohol? So they will have all the freedom, but in their own locality, not in the midst of the Muslims. These are laws, Allahu Akbar, explained by Hadrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Ahlu Zimma will have every right. And then the third category is the Muslims in England. We are the Mu'ahideen. What are we? The Mu'ahideen. You live in a secular state where all the different types of religion have been granted permission that you can practice any religion. What, whatever you want to do, you can do. Although there's a big question mark when it comes to hijab and niqab. It's a big issue and you see how shaitan works. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. In a secular state like India, India, you have the freedom to practice whatever religion you want to. And in this country. Now as far as the last two categories, Mu'ahideen and Ahlu Zimma, there's no such thing as jihad. Only in the the first category of Muharibin, Muslims have two choices. They either migrate to a Muslim country, or if they feel to defend their religion, to fight against the aggressors. And this is what is mentioned in the Quran. Allah is saying, "Alladina ukhrijo min diarim bi ghairi hakin illa yakul Rabbun Allah, walaula dafu Allah inna sabadhum bi baadil lahudimat sawamiu." I would want all of you here to open up uh, Surah Al-Hajj and study verse number 40. Verse number 40. Surah Al-Hajj, verse number 40. This ayat karima is the ayah which gives permission to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to take up arms. And Allah is giving reasons why permission was given to the Muslims in Madinatul Munawwara to take up arms. Allah is saying that if permission was not given to the people to defend their faith and their city, then you will see places of worship being demolished. Places of worship being demolished by the aggressors. Allah is saying freedom of religion is given to everyone. This is the ayat of jihad and in this ayat of jihad, the first place of worship that is mentioned is Sawamir. Sawamir means monastery. Monastery. Wabiya. And Bia means churches. Wasalawat. Salawat means synagogues. And at the end, Allah makes mention of a masjid, masajid. 
So Allah is saying permission is given to defend your faith. Otherwise you would see churches coming down, monasteries coming down, synagogues coming down, masajid coming down. To defend your faith, you have all the rights. Subhanallah. And this is mentioned in the Quran, my respected brothers and elders. Church is mentioned in the Quran. Synagogue is mentioned in the Quran. This is the freedom, this is the justice system in Islam. And we need to promote this. What is momin? Momin comes out from the word aman dene wala. Aman, aman. The one who will give you protection. Momin means the one who will protect you. Sil means the one who will protect you. Islam means again the one who, who will give you refuge. The one who will protect you. The one who will give you security. Such was the conduct of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Bear with me two more minutes, my respected brothers. After the battle of Uhud in Madinatul Munawwara, the condition of Makkatul Mukarramah was such that a severe drought struck that region, the region of Makkatul Mukarramah, and people had nothing to eat, famine. Abu Sufyan, the arch enemy of the Muslims at that time, he was not a Muslim. People had no food to eat after the battle of Uhud. The same condition was with the Muslims in Madinatul Munawwara. The Kuffar were in Mecca. Yet Abu Sufyan wrote a letter to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to pass that letter to him in Madinatul Munawwara. Muslims and Kuffar have just had a war, Ghazwe Uhud. As the Kuffar returned back, Makkatul Mukarramah is struck with drought and famine. No food, no water. And they knew that it is only when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam lifts up his hands, the dua is accepted. So they had no choice. Abu Sufyan wrote a letter to give to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When this letter was given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in Madinatul Munawwara, immediately, immediately, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam put the letter down and he lifted up his hands and made dua for the people of Makkah. Ya These Allah. were his enemies. Allah. This is Rahmatul Lil Alameen. And during Hajjatul Vida, when all the companions were there, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to all the companions, Remember, your Lord is one and your Father is one. Your Lord is one and your Father is one. Your Lord is one and your Father is one. Allah does not even give you permission to swear at other gods and deities that people worship other than Allah. And one reason for that, possibly... Uh, that the idols that they worship or human beings that they worship maybe once upon a time they were prophets from Allah they were prophets from Allah and possibly that they have not understood the message and as time progressed they became mushrik and they started doing shirk but maybe that individual must have been a prophet of Allah as Allah says in every community Allah sent a messenger Today, Isa alayhi salam, what was he? Was he not the Nabi of Allah? Yes, sir. Yes. But do they not ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the name of Jesus? Huh? Subhanallah al-Azim. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lifted up his hands 
for his enemies after the battle of Uhud. Not only that, he gathered all the Muslims in Madinatul Munawwara and he said, Achha chalo ji chanda wusool kiya jaye. Chanda wusool kiya jaye. What do we have to do? Collect funds and donations. Funds and donations. Unfortunately today, where are the Muslims? We could buy so much equipment for the royal infirmary and the general hospital. It is the non-Muslims that they are, they are serving the wider community. Of Isn't it, is it not the duty of Muslims also in general to serve all of humanity? To put your name there, to say that this has been donated, beds have been donated by Muslims of Masjid Umar. Masjid. So that is what he is going to talk about. That is what he is going to talk about. A dentist knows what, what is in the mouth. Huh? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is doing chanda, collecting funds. Hazrat Aisha says that was the most difficult period for the Muslims. She says in Medina after the battle of Uhud, for months nothing cooked in the household for, of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Some of the companions said, then how did you survive? And she said, aswadain, water and khajur. Water and for months. Such was the condition of the companions that they would tie stones in their stomach. Stones in the stomach. Remember, wealth only came to the Muslims after the battle of Hunayn, during the time of Hunayn. After Ghazbe Uhud, when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is asking for chanda, for, for money, funds for the people of Makkah, it was a dire state for the Muslims. And even in that difficulty, the amount of money that was collected in total was 500 dinar. Kitne? 500. Just to give you an example, the measure of zakat today is 20 dinars. How many dinars? One dinar is, one dinar in the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were gold coins. What were they? Dirham was silver, dinar was much stronger, gold coins. Twenty dinar is the nisab of zakat, so one can imagine in that position of the Muslims at that time, after a war, for the kuffar, for the mushrik, for those who expel the Muslims from the city of Makkah, Muslims are collecting 500 dinars to give in charity to the people of Makkah. When 500 dinar was collected, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wrote a letter and he gave the money to Abu Sufyan and Safwan who were the arch enemies of the Muslims and wrote a letter that this money has been collected from the Muslims to be distributed to the people of Makkah who are suffering and tell them that the dua of Muhammad Mustafa is with you. Allahu Akbar Kabir. This is freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, good conduct, subhanallah. Everything is in Islam, my respected brothers and elders. Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, her background was that she came from a Jewish family. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made nikah with Hazrat Safiya, hoping that it will influence the Jewish community and by Safiya coming in the nikah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Jewish tribes would also embrace Islam. 
When Hazrat Safiya came in the nikah of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam, later on during the khilafat of Hazrat Umar Farooq, there was a lot of wealth given to Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala from, from the family members. It is said that a portion of her wealth was given to her nephew who was a Jew. A good portion of the wealth was given to a Jewish boy during the khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, and no one said anything to her. Why? It is your wealth and you can distribute it to whom you want, to Muslims and non-Muslims. That is why some of the fuqaha have mentioned that besides zakat, you can give charity to Muslims and non-Muslims. This is a vast topic, my respected brothers. The reason why I... I, I wanted to speak on freedom of religion, freedom of expression and uh, speech. Uh, subhanallah, when we study the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an and Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, one will witness these events. That how careful the companions were, how careful the companions were. Making sure that, that the proper, the right sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has been implemented. No zulm, no oppression on anyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyil ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Sami'ina wa ta'ana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir. Birahmatika ya rahman rahim.